This week on Movie Time Machine, the spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. This is Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Beetle. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Welcome to Movie Time Machine, your retro movie review podcast where we take movies from the past and relive them in the present. This week's movie, Beetlejuice, released in 1988, directed by Tim Burton, starring Michael Keaton, Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Catherine O'Hara, and Winona Ryder. But before we go any further, I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and I want to introduce you to my Time Machine co-host today. First, he's always living one year behind in the entertainment world, it's Casey. You guys, I'm really excited to play this new PS4 I got. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he's our living encyclopedia of movie knowledge, James. What's up? I I don't think I know everything. I'm pretty good, though. <laughs> and finally, last but not least, will he ever finish The Mandalorian? It's Jamie. So he is like a tiny Yoda, right? Oh my god. Wait, hold on. Who's Yoda? I don't know. I Yoda. Is he like a Jar Jar? That's coming out next year, right? <laughs> Baby Jar Jar. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> then I would finish. I was telling my nephew, he's like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? I'm like, so like the child is gonna grab the dark saber and like just start wielding it around. He's like, that's what? never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie doesn't even know what the dark saber is. I what? have no idea. Is, is it like antimatter? Like anti saber? Well, he's still only on like episode on? five of season one. Yeah, I just, I just. Oh, saw, I forgot you're still in season one. Yeah, Bill Bill Burr showed up. F is for family. M is for Mando. That's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> family. M is for Mando. Hey, you know how? Um, you know how in How to Train Your <clears throat> Dragon there is the Night Fury, and then yeah, the the white one is Light Fury. Yeah. Do you know what their kids are called? Gray? Nightlights. How adorable. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. <laughs> I saw it on an action figure the other day. What? Yeah, right. there's How to Train Your Dragon action figures. You know, they're oh. really... They, they really have are losing content. <laughs> now, dude, all kids' movies and shows are really just a cash grab for the toys. I don't know anymore I, if that's true. I don't know. Did they learn that uh, from Star Wars? Not okay, maybe not all, but like there's stuff on Netflix that my kids found and it's like, "Oh, this is literally just a vehicle for toys." Like Super Wings on Netflix. I don't know if you know what that is. It's no. literally just they introduce a new character like every other show and they're like vehicles. And obviously then you can go buy the plastic equivalent and fly them around your house. Yeah, that's why we lost our Saturday morning cartoons because they passed some law saying that you, they that's essentially like Transformers and G.I. Joe was. It was a vehicle to sell a new toy because that's why they'd have like a new character on every week. Damn it. But those were at least good. This stuff is, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. did you say they passed a law that's saying that that's why we can't have Saturday morning cartoons? <laughs> essentially, did I, did like. I, I was like, did I misunderstand that? Yeah, it had something to do with like, adverti- like advertising and selling shit to children. It was like with like Saturday morning cartoons and maybe it was like more around like cereal, but it was like cereal branding, I was just brands say, and like, toys. I was just going to say like they can only have like two sugary cereal advertisements 
per two hour like session, like yeah. something like that. I, I could see that, but like them yeah. telling me that I can't buy my Domino Rally, how am I supposed to know it exists? Right. <laughs> Personally, I was pissed when they stopped giving away free packs of cigarettes with my cereal. <laughs> <laughs> your lucky strikes with your box of uh... with my lucky charms, right? <laughs> or ironically, with your life cereal. I'll be here all Ooh. episode. <laughs> Hey, Casey, I actually, so with reading Ready Player One, I got past the point where they found the whistle prize in the Captain Crunch. Is that, was that yeah. a real hack in the 80s? Like you could blow a whistle at a certain, uh, like sound into your phone and you got free, uh, long distance calls? Like, I don't understand how that would work. Redbox. Um, I have no idea. Redbox. I don't think so. Yeah. Red, no, Redbox, right? Redbox. Redbox, like the DVD machine? No, Redbox, like the, it, you would take, so back in the day, you had like a handheld device that was called a phone dialer, and you could, <laughs> you so you could program phone numbers in it, so you yeah, went yeah, to a yeah. pay phone, you would play the, because it was all like dial tones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you play you like would, a certain frequency or something? You would play the dial tones into like a pay phone, so you didn't have to like always try to punch it. It was like essentially like, um, like a phone book. To oh, use sure, like sure. over yep, over yep. like payphones, yeah. There was like a little like crystal or chip or something that you could put into those, and it would do. You could say what was so when you put like a quarter into those old um, phone machines, phone booths. It, if you listen to it on the phone, it would give like a little a little dial tone for each quarter or coin that you put in. So you can set it to where it would make that quarter tone. So you would just do that, hold that up to a payphone, and. Um, do that quarter tone, and that's how you could get free phone calls. Dang. Love it. Old yeah. school hacking. Yeah. Chad, I'm sorry. I, th- I went to Casey over the hacking questions. But yeah, you, shit. When I, I brought up pay phones, I knew I should have gone to you. Right. Yeah, I, don't, I only know modern day hacking, my friend. Yeah, I, I knew a couple old school hackers back in the day. So, Damn, that's a side pod we'll have to talk yeah. about. That's interesting. No, yeah, I think it was Redbox and like making, I think they're called beige boxes too and that's where you just take like a old phone um and splice the wires on it and put like alligator clips on it and like the old i don't know if they have it anymore but if you go like the old phone lines like say a telephone pole in your backyard oh yeah yeah. there's a box for a telephone and if you open that up there's like two like um like little prongs on there where you can hook that up to those prongs and you can like make calls from like free calls using that too well that was for like technicians to be able to make calls while working on shit so they had like devices to plug into it but then this was like the duct tape hack yeah like i'm pretty sure i've seen that happen in like a like old or like 80s yeah yeah, yeah. flight of the navigator or something had that in there yeah that's not true they just had spaceships and Yes, it's, they were called. I had to look it up quick. It's they they were called uh, red boxes. Yeah. Do you think the DVD machines were a nod to that? I don't know. Or were they just lazy and they literally painted their machines red and called them red boxes? Right. Whatever. It was like this is the cheapest paint we could find. It's this color yeah. red. So. Isn't that why they paint barns red? Because it's the cheapest. Is it? I don't know. I thought that was the case. That That's could be red fact. is a bitch to paint over too. So I wonder if that wasn't part of it. Like it, it, it just lasts longer. You know, you only have to oh, buy sure. it once. Oh, uh, buy it for life. That's why my nickname James, is you're Red reading Box. Ready Player One. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, you're three chapters in. What else are you doing? 
Uh, three. I'm three levels in. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. I just I'm in the book. Wherever there's, I'm assuming three levels because I only have. It feels like fifty to seventy five pages left. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. It is very different. I'm actually curious, Casey, if you remember if you remember the book very well. Like, I feel like they could have made this movie in a reverse Marvel Chris Hemsworth fashion. The way I'd explain it is, in the beginning of the book, I think that the main guy Wade could be Fat Thor, and then yes. towards the middle, as he is like can't get into the oasis unless he does his workout regimen like he made that happen and then all of a sudden like we think he's just depressed and hasn't seen the sunlight which is true but then all of a sudden they pan out and now he's like fit thor and you're like what in the hell <laughs> that was actually one of my criticisms with the movie is that was actually a, a pretty interesting and kind of important detail about him as a person and how he evolved was like how he was just kind of a slothy dude for a bit and then you know picked himself up and figured it out yeah, one hundred percent. I don't know. Oh. I I was a I was very much anti movie, but it's because I read the book first. One hundred percent. So like I've seen the movie first clearly, and it's very entertaining to me. Uh, but reading this book, it's entertaining. I want somebody to redo it and try their own version. And I don't know. It's been at least over a year, so I'm pretty sure they can do it. Like most other franchises in this business. Um, well, I feel like they skimped over all like the puzzles and like the intricacies behind those challenges. Yeah, those were the most interesting part to me. But the movie felt like a mad dash to the final battle. Yeah, maybe it and needs a to of... be a ten episode uh, miniseries. Yeah. I think that'd be there sweet. I mean, a lot of it is inner dialogue, so it reminds me in the sense of Fight Club, where it's just all this inner monologue of him explaining and thinking to himself. And then there are scenes with other characters, of course. But the, a big part, I mean. I'd say 90% of the book is just Wade describing what he's seeing. And so like, yeah. I don't know, like I think it's very doable, but I think it'd be interesting. I'd be excited to see that remake. Um, if it ever came to light. Um, otherwise I've been, let's see, I finished, uh, the good place, uh, season four, I believe was the last one on Netflix and final. Uh, so I don't know that one's entertaining if you guys just need a throwaway comedy that's 20 minutes before bed I do recommend it it's it's dry but it's uh it's got some good lines in it All right. I thought the I heard the last season got not heavy but like pretty good like there's a lot of good like feel goods and I don't know like it came full circle pretty well I think they wrapped it up. Know, the internet made me think it was a good ending yeah I think they wrapped it up nicely like it actually made me question if it was going to be the last episode or not like I'm like oh they can oh sure like they like it's like almost like hey they solved this problem that was still an issue in season three uh now what but no I think they did wrap it up quite nicely so uh, all right Casey, what are you doing <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I think last time we potted, I was in the middle of uh, Star Wars Fallen Order. I finished that. I thought the ending was pretty sweet. Um, I'm not nice. that great at video games. I had to crank the difficulty down for the last boss fight because I spent an hour losing over and over and over again. So that was awful. Uh, but the payoff was worth it. I thought the ending was sweet. Um, I've since started The Witcher 3. Uh, I spent probably three of my play sessions already just going completely wily and doing side quest shit. And it like burned me out almost. Um, but I've since, I've since already uh, switched back to the main quest line and I'm enjoying it again. So I think I'm just gonna, I'm gonna follow the main quest line and, and just kind of enjoy the story uh, before getting too sidetracky. Uh, but in terms of entertainment, my wife and I did uh, start and finish the queen's gambit. And I thought that was fantastic. Um, I don't know who's seen it and who hasn't. I don't want to spoil anything, but I thought the yeah, last episode it. was just fantastic. I just loved the last episode. It was such a good 
ending. I don't want to give any more adjectives because other adjectives might give it away. But um, the, yeah, the show was funny. It was uh, heartfelt. It was, you know, it was just great. I thought it was great. I just listened to a Star Talk episode, like the like the most recent, I think maybe or a couple episodes ago with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't know if you ever listened mm-hmm. to that, but they had an episode about like game theory and um, gambits and they had a couple different like chess masters on there and they referenced this Netflix show Queens Gambit. And they were saying how um, a lot of that, which, which is in the show is like pretty true to form. So they said yeah. some things, but sounds like well, it's... And chess is such a, a mind boggling game and the way they present it. I mean, the, the main character is this, you know, child chess prodigy and her whole thing is she, as a kid, and this isn't really a spoiler, but when she's a kid, she's like an orphan, right? Learning how to play chess as a, you know, six-year-old or something. And uh, this is back in the day where they gave these kids some sort of, uh, they call them tranquilizers in the show, but it's some sort of either an amphetamine mm-hmm. or I don't know, something to help them sleep. Um, and one of the other orphans tells her, yo, don't take it because they give them to them in the morning. She's like, put it in your pocket and then take it at night because it'll like help you sleep. Well, she takes it and starts like hallucinating chess boards, right? And so she learns to like do all the moves in her head. And that's how she gets so good because she can like play through. And that's the whole point of chess, right? You have to think 30 moves forward and each move, you know, could have any other counter moves from your opponent. So it's like playing through all the possibilities. And that's my brain would never, ever be able to like actually do hardcore chess um, to try to like plan Mm. that many moves ahead. It's crazy. No. No, yeah, I have I have terrible end game when it comes to chess. Yeah, and, and she's like the whole movie. She's like studying these books, and they're like, uh, it's there's novels and novels and books and books on like theory and like w- different you know strategies and moves and it's opening moves, mid game moves, end game like strategies, and it's just it's crazy. There's the whole world that revolves around it is just kind of nuts. So I would recommend it if you haven't watched it. It's only seven episodes. Um, I think the first one and the last one are like an hour 15, but they're only 45 um, for the other ones. Isn't that All the right. same main character from uh, the Vivovich? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, Anna, it is. Anna something Joy, I think. Anna Taylor. And, on, oh, on a, on yeah, Taylor Anna Taylor Joy. Joy. Yeah. And she's phenomenal. Like her, she plays this character so well. Uh, she acts these like subtle, you know, just facial expressions will send you laughing. It's just the way she does everything. is It's, uh, it's phenomenal. I like the show a lot. But I was just going to say, she might have the deepest eyes of any actress in Hollywood. It's oh, yeah. phenomenal stuff she does with her expressions. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but... No, yeah, it's a really good... Is she the main What's... character, though? I've, I've, like, read about it. Yeah, she's one of the main characters. What's the goat's name again? Black Charlie or something? Black, um... Philip. I like Black, Black Charlie. Black Philip. <laughs> Sabbath. Black Sabbath. <laughs> All right, we know Jamie's been watching Survivor, so I'll let you know what I've been doing. Stop it. (laughs) Oh, no, I haven't subscribed to All Access yet. I will say I've been um, neglecting my Mando duties in favor of a Cobra Kai, uh, Mr. Mercedes, and Ink Master. And I think that if, if, if there were any YouTube channel to get me to, like, watch every day, I don't watch YouTube channels every day. I'm different from my generation in that way. But I, th- I think it would be a tattoo artist just, you know, streaming their tattoos. Someone has to do this. Right, Casey? This is a thing. Like live streaming tattoos? Of, right? Maybe. Yeah. 
Okay, maybe because that would suck me right in. No, see, maybe. you say that, but uh, they're long. You watch these shows, and they're very much chopped and edited. It's it's a yeah. long, laborious, boring ass process. To be honest with you, so it would only be That's good. A great point. It would only be good if the artist themselves was really interesting and like could strike up good conversation. But man, there was a lot of times where you know me and my artists would just kind of chill and just let him do his work. He's concentrating. It's really not that entertaining. They That's need. True. I'm sure you guys are thinking of like great and excellent tattoo artist but there should be one where it's like a live cam and like some shitty tattoo parlor where it's like you have the book of like hey, anyone pick out a tattoo this one is like all tigers and tribal tats so take your pick <laughs> they have a dart board where you take just a throw pick, a dart yeah. and that's what you get yeah <laughs> uh this one's uh dolphins and this one's five point stars um <laughs> Assuming it's a little halo, and if you do this one, you can get a free belly button. Discounts piercing. for less colors and straight lines. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I guess not straight lines. Straight lines are hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll watch that show. Uh, for me, what have I been doing? Casey, I have like have not gotten much further in uh, Fallen Order. I'm so. not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm like the Jamie to you, <laughs> Jamie's Mando to, uh, you know, you're the Chad and I'm the Jamie. Yeah, we can't talk about it anymore. I'm, I'm yeah. pissed. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to call you Jamie. But I've actually, uh, I've uh, been playing Jurassic Park or Lego Jurassic World with uh, my son. That's a fun and, game. Uh, yeah. And he's really good at it. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Kind of it's the crazy. day I dread when I gamer uh, on your hands when your kid beats you at video games. <laughs> yeah, when like my but my son can like smash me at 2K or FIFA or one of the games that I think I'm decent right. at. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I've been doing a little bit of that. Um, yeah, and haven't been watching a whole lot. Um, been trying to watch the most recent season of Fargo, which is pretty damn good. Um, Chris is Rock Chris is Rock. in it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, each episode is, I mean, I think each episode is like an hour and 15 minutes, so hour 20 minutes, but is that why that's really good. more Chris Rock lately? I feel like on Today's Show or just other things. Yeah, I think he just put on a new stand-up too, I think. Maybe, maybe that's what it maybe is. Maybe I'm just making that, but I just, yeah. I heard him, I heard him talking <clears> about... He's really good in that. I heard him talking uh, about uh, COVID, and <laughs> he was talking, like, like, I can't remember who, who was interviewing him, but they're like, Chris, uh, I know you've been very cautious with COVID and social distancing. Like, um, how do you feel about the vaccine and how people should take it? And he goes, look, you do what you want. But my thought is people are like, I don't know what's in the vaccine. But he's like, but guess what? I don't know what's inside potato chips. I'm still going to put them in my body. <laughs> like, he's like, I, I, and, it, like, and then it was like, you know, what? and I don't know how to fly a plane, but I'm still going to go do this. Like, I don't know. He was like, his examples were so like. To the like, I don't know. It made sense to children. Like, yes, take the vaccine. <laughs> like, right? I don't know. It was uh, awesome. it was pretty good. And I'm like, you go, Chris. <laughs> I love it when people can make like super simple like comparisons like that. Yeah, you know that are kind of fun. It's just like, man, I'm not. I, I, he's like, when you I pull like to, take... <laughs> I think he made it like also. He's like, when you pull to McDonald's and you order a Big Mac. Are you like asking, can I know what's in the secret sauce? <laughs> right. 
great. I, I understand the Tuolumne patties, but what special sauce is it? <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Now on to the topic of the week. This week's episode, we're covering the movie Beetlejuice. It came on the year 1988, directed by Tim Burton. This was my pick. And uh, I wanted I wanted to pick this this movie. I It's, I don't know. I think this is a pretty, like, unique movie, um, especially coming from Tim Burton. I feel like at this time, there wasn't really a whole lot of this. I really like Tim Burton's kind of aesthetic and style that he puts in, especially in his early films. I really like how this kind of turns the haunted house movie trope on its head. Um, and I just love the Deo and scenes and like the shake, shake, shake Sonora, just like the music at the end into uh clips of music. So it's always kind of good memories to go at. And my Michael Keaton fucking so good. I think is awesome in this movie. <laughs> so so good. good. So yeah, I was trying to look up like with Keaton, like how many, like what movies, like did we really know with keaton in it before mr mom that was the only one i could think of and that was probably it when i looked it up on imdb i was like okay so this was just right before batman and then clearly after batman there was no going back everybody knew keaton um but mr mom and i mean he probably was still a household name to like you know people i don't know 10 years older than us but i feel like until like the like the beetlejuice batman era like that's when all of a sudden like i knew what who is like who he was, what his name was. He's and Batman. Also, yeah. And Winona Ryder. Like, I was like, holy crap, she looks super young in this. And that was, I'm like, this has to be pre Heathers, but I'm like, no, cause this is 88, but no Heathers was just like, I think it was the next year, 89 year after. Yeah. And uh, so, which is, yeah. no, and my wife is super into Shit's Creek. So seeing Catherine O'Hara in everything now uh, is also super entertaining. Cause we actually, for Christmas, just rewatched, um, I think home alone two. Uh, that was our Christmas movie that we watched. So seeing her pop up everywhere now after uh, getting into Schitt's Creek. I think I talked about this before, but my wife tried watching Schitt's Creek with me and she just like could not stand Catherine O'Hara. Is like, um, she's like, what is that oh, accent? It's so I, like, good. I just can't. It's so <laughs> like, good. I'm like, I'm like, the more you just like accept <laughs> what, just go the, with like, it. what this is, then you, you yeah. get on board. It's fine. But like, she's just like, no, I can't. Just like my sister can't watch It's Always Sunny because she can't get past Charlie's. Like, what did I put on Green Man? <laughs> like, she, she can't get past his whiny voice. And I'm like, I'm like, but it's so good. <laughs> it's a fad. It's, it's just, so, it's so unique and fantastic. Yeah. That was what she says, like, the the babies, the babies, the babies, the babies. <laughs> Alexis. Oh, you have a. <laughs> Think of the babies. So, is this best uh, to best Burton movie? You think? Oh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure is pretty high on my yeah? list. For, for um, best Burton, yeah. Movie? What's your favorite Burton movie? Uh, I'm a lone wolf here. I really like Sleepy Hollow. Wow, that's great. I'm I'm with you, James. Mm-hmm. I, I love that movie. Thanks, guys. Did that come, oh, did that right come out? Group. Did that come out after what was it? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, it was before it. Okay, it's probably. I bet Sleepy Hollow is one of the Sleepy Hollow is the last one because he did Sleepy Hollow, and I think the next one might have been Sweeney Todd, maybe. And then that's when he jumped the shark. I don't know. I think. Uh... Well, sorry, this is before Sweeney Todd. It might not be the best, but I think my favorite is Big Fish. I really, really like that movie. Oh, yeah, that is that is really, really good. But that's like my wheelhouse of yeah, type of movie, that's... like a feel-goody type of movie, but that's a little weird, a little whimsical. Oh, 
Here you go, guys. Yeah. Check this out. Here's here's some ordering for you. Do you want to just go through the list of all of them, or do you want to go through? Here, just check this out. Beetlejuice. I was like, it'll be faster if I just do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Ed Wood, uh, Mars oh, Attacks. I love Mars Attacks. <laughs> Sleepy <laughs> Hollow. <laughs> I forgot all about this. Planet of the Apes. Never saw uh, Big Fish, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and then Corpse Bride. Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows, Frank and Weenie, Big Eyes, Miss Pettigrew's Home for the Peculiar Children, Dumbo, and soon to be coming, Beetlejuice 2. Wow. It just says it just says in development. Yeah. I hope it, I'm just glad it's not Beetlejuice Goes Hawaii. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did anybody see Dumbo? I, I I keep meaning to and I haven't. Negative nine. I just heard that was pretty bad. Well, and I did see though Miss Peregrine's the like three years before, and I thought it was going to be one of those, you know, like new kid, not Harry Potter franchise things, but it was surprisingly a lot better than I was expecting. It's not a masterpiece, but there's some like legitimately cool, like Guillermo del Toro kind of monsters in that movie. Hmm. So, oh, that's yeah. well, I never seen it. I actually, I want to get in on that now. Yeah, you have to check that out. I feel like the. The uh, tipping point for his films for me is like after, or what do you call it? Um, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Like that was his last good the, one. The sign of his. I liked Charlie and Chocolate first Factory. First bad one. I thought it was all right. But I, I, I guess the the mm. the other side of the hill, right? Where he's maybe starting the decline. Because I didn't really like Corpse Bride very much. Yeah, I didn't like that one either. This is movies just kind of feel like they get kind of boring. I don't know if it like he's things get kind of rep, rep, repetitive or if it's I've just kind of lost interest in in like seeing his films at the, around that time. But. Did you see Sweeney Todd? Because that one. Uh, oh, I love. But that, that has uh, Johnny um, Depp was Sweeney Todd. Johnny yeah. Depp. If you don't like musicals, yeah. you won't like it. I had never okay. seen Sweeney Todd or listened to it before that, but I was entertained enough. I think I've seen it more than once. Mm. I'm with you, Casey. I, I was into Sweeney Todd, and I'm I'm a musicals are fifty fifty mm-hmm. for me. So that one, yeah, I struggle with musicals. But it's one of the darker um, movies of his because it is R. Then there's mm-hmm. obviously the whole point of Sweeney Todd is he murders people and makes food out of them. That's the the whole story. Sorry to spoil it for you. Mm. He's a barber that murders people mm. to give the humans to a mince pie maker, and then she makes her pies out of people. Oh. Yeah. Soylent Green is kind of yeah. <laughs> Does anyone else have like a real problem with the ending of Planet of the Apes? Like when he shows up back on supposed Earth, and then it's like the apes are cops and stuff. Yeah that that ending like actively makes me angry. You know I it, like because I think he's just trying to be cheeky, but it doesn't make any sense because they're at the, you know they're at the Lincoln Memorial. And you're like, oh, it's Earth, you know? They landed back on Earth. But then the statue of Lincoln is an ape. And then the cops show up and they're apes. So I'm confused. Like, are we on Earth? And they like, just right, change like every all the statues th- to apes? 
like it's like all the people just <laughs> transformed into apes but all of our architecture and technology are all the same <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i'm with you hey guys we're only nine years away because according to this in 2029 an air force astronaut crash lands on a mysterious planet <laughs> no i actively uh I, I don't i really didn't enjoy planet of the apes so i, I kind of maybe blacked out and forgot that that was the ending but now that you're talking about it i'm i'm remembering it a little bit oh i'm sorry yeah i haven't, I haven't seen that version but I like the reboot that came out a few years after that. I only saw the uh, first yeah, one of the reboots. Yeah, I only saw the I, first one. But I like. Uh, yeah, the first one is good. The second one is actually really good, and the third one. There was three. I think. Yeah, there's a third one. I can't remember. I think. Uh, I don't remember who's all in each one of them because I'm getting confused. It's either like Woody Harrelson or Matthew McConaughey is all like the angry humans now. Really, I just saw the one with Franco. Yeah. They could have ended it there and it like, would have yeah. been fine because that was a, a good, ambiguous yeah. ending. So, uh, now that we we discussed Best Burtons, <clears throat> is this the best Michael Keaton movie? I mean, he crushes, he crushes it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He pretty much, like, invented, like, the look of this character. Oh, yeah. Because well, he, yeah, like, he, like... He's his own. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, he had to be his own character actor for this. Like Keaton was his muse for a little bit, and then Johnny Depp showed up, right? Yeah, I, God, I have a hard time. I struggle with Johnny Depp, but uh, it seems like I struggle with everyone. But yeah, like I think <laughs> just a with Michael you. Keaton, like he went. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a super struggler. Um, he went to like the whatever, like the costume and makeup design team. It was just like, like, yeah, he was thinking of like, you know, like this dead guy, he's got hair. That's like, you know, like he stuck his finger into like a light socket and he looks dead. And he was like, he kind of, he came up with a lot of like the, the actual look of how he looks like. And um, he kind of just like showed up on set one day with that, without like Tim Burton actually seeing him and like just rolled with he it. He loved it. Like it wasn't like, a, yeah. The way he does his voice and just the dancing and everything else, like it's very clear, like he just is doing this character with his own direction, and then they go they go for it. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> I was always curious with this one, like because in my I think growing up I always thought that Beetlejuice, uh, kind of like with Edward Scissorhands, it's synonymous with Burton, and so I just assumed like he wrote this or helped write it, and that's not the case. It seems like um, it was another dude, the same guy that uh, wrote uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. But like that was like the only other main things. Well, yeah, and I think oh, this guy just I think he's just like creepy stuff. I think he just <laughs> tales from the crypt tales from the dark side. Like, I don't know. He's got a couple other notes. But when well, I thought I read the original script for this or the original story, he wasn't trying to just scare people like he was trying to murder everyone there. And he didn't want to just marry Winona Ryder. He wanted to rape her like it was a lot darker and gross. And then Tim Burton kind of took it and, and like Tim Burton's whole shtick, right, is to do horror looking movies that aren't really scary right this wasn't scary yeah, he's, he's still disney mm-hmm. at heart yeah <laughs> and i think yeah, it was a perfect right. mix well and i think that uh um i heard something similar casey and it makes so much more sense when you read it because i i love this movie it's great it's so like chad said unique especially how it pictures the afterlife but the third act is really like full kitchen sink you know a lot of the plot threads <laughs> kind of don't make sense and you know, how can the Maitlands die if they're already dead? We already have that room of, you know, 
lost souls that moved on so like it doesn't play by its own rules so kind of reading that that yeah they had an original script that they kind of had to tweak made it make a lot more sense well i was didn't ruin the movie by any means but i was doing my you know usual youtube dive into stuff like this and uh, one of the analysis analyses that i found that was interesting was the fact that uh um only how to explain this like they can only dead people can only interact with like people that want to see them and it's uh, because they were being like summoned them there against their will and it was like an unnatural way to interact human and dead people that they were like losing their essence so they weren't dying as much as they just were like disappearing into nothingness so like they were just being destroyed even okay that and that makes a lot more sense and because... I don't know, it's a theory i don't know obviously it wasn't canon or anything like that but right Right, but yeah, I mean, it's the best theory I got because, yeah, I mean, he does the seance and summons them and you're like, well, wait, they're still in the house, which they're allowed to be in, but everyone can see them. But, you know, if you really want to, like Lydia, you can still see them. So, yeah, it's like, I don't understand why they're dying or aging. At, at the end of the movie, I turned to my wife and I said, you know, I just have more questions now because you're right that the yeah. last act, they threw everything at him. <laughs> like, the he... he you know, bangs the hammer and launches those two people up through the roof. Where did they go? Are they dead now? And like Beetlejuice gets eaten by a sandworm, but then he's in the lobby. So is he still okay? Like do sandworms not actually kill you? I don't understand. Well, and the sandworm comes into their world from the dimension that only the Maitlands can see. Like what? And how, and how did she you know? just wrangle well, maybe a sandworm? Because Otho, 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 I mean, Otho is like reading this shit like out of the book. And maybe that's like you get the spirit realm and like the real world are kind of combining. So you probably got some kind of like, like uh vortex or portals that, you know, like the, the sandworm is coming through. I don't know, Chad. Otho can't even change a tire. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is they no. talk about ortho not even being able to change a tire, and then it, like he's reading just this thing like, just like a script, and he's like, "Oh, it's yeah. making all this happen." <laughs> like, man, he's got the power. And where, who was that that oh, that so. short little reverend dude that was going to marry Beetlejuice? Where the hell did he come from? And then where did he go? I love that dude. <laughs> it's so great. Tony Scott. <laughs> he just shows up, no explanation. He just comes through that gateway. Love that part. It's it's, it's uh, Tony Scott. Right? Is that his name? Know. He was the in Bad director? Santa. What? No. Isn't Tony Scott the... a director? He did Top Gun. Maybe. No, I'm... dude. It was he was a big, gross-looking <laughs> monster guy. He was like, you know what I'm saying? He was the, like the short, little, bald monster. No, yeah. I know who you're yeah. talking about. Or Tony Cox. That's who it was. It's not Cox unless it tastes like Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Sorry, Dewey, Dewey Cox. <laughs> Dewey. <laughs> what? What is that? Oh yeah, walk hard. <laughs> so bad. God. Um, that we talk about casting. For Please. A sec. So like, yeah. Well, I'm like, it's like looking back. I'm like, man, you think of Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin, and now in household names for the most part, but not then. I was kind of like, how did they get these people for this movie? It seems out of character but like even like for the michael keaton but that's the whole idea is all of them were relatively unknown actors like alec baldwin this is Mm -hmm. like his second movie that wasn't a tv movie or something um and then it took him another 30 years to get back into comedy with 30 rock but um 
It wasn't the heartthrob or whatnot. <laughs> and then uh and then Gina Davis, it was like this, and then she like must have did well and then got into a league of their own, but otherwise she really wasn't well known. Except for well, I mean, I don't know. I think we saw her boobs in Tootsie, if I remember correctly. Oh my gosh. So I was in a mm, Jeff Jones, the dad, right? <laughs> I was gonna call him out for being a good bad guy, even though he's not that bad in this. Um, but he's the the principal in Ferris Bueller. <laughs> the principal in Ferris but Bueller. But I'm looking yeah. at his Wikipedia, yeah. he is from Minneapolis. He started at the Guthrie. That was what? where his career really? started. Yeah. Oh. Small world. And awesome. Winona. That is a fun thing. He, he didn't like he wasn't born or raised here, but that's where he became an actor first. Yeah. Speaking of Winona, what's um why do you hate Winona Ryder so much, Jamie? Uh, I I don't hate her. You know, but you know I was <laughs> for being a thief. I was met for being a thief. No, I, oh, wait, I really why why are you <laughs> I wrote a song with about like a rap about Winona Ryder. Can you play it right now live on the pod? I want to hear it. No, something like Winona Ryder yeah, arrested with, with, with 10 grand of clothes insider <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> 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 all about Needed that. money for a jug habit or something. I don't know. I don't care what you think. She, whatever <laughs> she did to make you angry, she had to have redeemed herself with Stranger <laughs> Things. I'm such a Stranger <laughs> Things fanboy. She, Oh, totally. That's I. You know, I was never her biggest fan, and then when I saw she was in that show, I was like, "God damn it!" And then, yeah, first episode, I was eating my words because she was she's phenomenal as a mm-hmm. Joyce Byers. But I, I, you know, I was thinking about it. I th- I always thought she was overrated, and people just seemed to love her. I, she's very good in Beetlejuice. I love her in Beetlejuice, and I love her in Stranger Things. Mr. But... Deeds. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. just throwing a stupid Adam yes. Sandler movie up. <laughs> <laughs> take it or leave it she, i mean she's better than adam sandler in that movie so he must have half monkey blood inside him or something <laughs> sorry that movie is like it's got all these one-liners and it's just it's a really great con- bad like, movie it is a terrible bad i mean it's a great bad movie doesn't he have 100%. a drinking fountain with like tropical punch but a I tahitian so. treat yes. maybe even Hawaiian- or yeah, t- Hawaiian puncher Tahitian. Oh my god! Crazy eyes, like that, <laughs> Crazy what are you doing in there? Crazy eyes. This that, there was a wizard trying to cast a spell on me. Oh my I don't know. Maybe he was just waving. <laughs> so dumb, so dumb. I love it. Oh. But I think this speaks more about me than Winona Ryder. I, you know what it was though. The more I thought about it, I was like, oh my god! I bet it was the Crucible. I bet. Like, did you guys have to watch that one in school? Nine. Uh, no no oh okay well then i i won't ruin it because it's a really good play slash movie but she has something happens in the crucible that her character i'm really excited about him about. not ruining it for us is the crucible your next pick jamie it's not no. <laughs> <laughs> what's the statute of limitations no, on spoilers that's a movie from 96 i know <laughs> see I, I was gonna i was gonna go for it but then i realized i spoil a lot of things for people who are like generally really good about leaving stuff unspoiled for me so does I she see dead people favor. she does not see dead people yeah. she yeah but something she does something in that movie that i probably saw it as a younger person and had like a negative association with her from that so. does she shoot ping pongs from nah bro it's about witches Salem witch trial come on (laughs) okay (laughs) wasn't that her wasn't wasn't that her in uh in um the south park movie oh Oh, it was like oh yeah she went to the the like uh whatever rto show or whatever the 
whatever the show they went to to see the army guys and she's like ah, that's my amazing ping pong ball trick yeah <laughs> god i forgot all about that <laughs> uso show uso show yes, yeah um yes. when this movie for uh started when i press play uh it totally brought me back to like when i first watched and loved this movie because of the music i forgot all about danny elfman's like beetlejuice theme music and such um and like i was like man danny elfman that guy has a lot of cool uh like theme songs like going on i mean he did do the yes. you know tim Burton batman yeah. and all that but he also did dick tracy and edward scissorhands and uh well pretty much everything that's tim burton uh but yeah i don't know it's just like god he's got some good stuff yes agree agree done it done it done it yeah the music um the i don't really like talking about favorite scenes at all but like for me like the one of the like the most memorable scenes in this film has for me has to be like the the deo scene where they're trying to scare the family out of the house i mean that one that one almost like it just makes my my uh this one kind of makes me happy. Oh, like 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 that, and like the the ending of the movie is always kind of fun, where they're uh, singing. But it almost makes you want to awesome. dance, Chad. Yes, I can't dance in my town though. <laughs> okay, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> so is the ending a little twisted though? Are they basically admitting <clears throat> that her parents are awful, and she's going to just be raised by ghosts? That's what I kind of gathered, and they decide. But also, right, why did the parents just decide to live there still? <laughs> because the ghosts save right. them, and they're nice, and Lydia likes them, and then they don't have to be. They can be absent right. parents. It's like a happy ending, but like kind of weird. But I liked it. Yeah, and she kind of like ditched her identity and is like the, you know, the girls' school. I wouldn't say preppy, but we're we're getting. There. I think that's just to show that like her her sad you know gothic attitude was a longing for connection and a uh, intense loneliness and she got what she needed from her ghastly parents her new ghastly parents and so she could actually be a real you know teenage girl and, and be happy and enjoy life i think that tracks yeah and hold on one more thing on the ending why the fuck yeah. why the why do those why why the football players why did they why did they have to come be back up to show up and dance <laughs> yeah. i was wondering the same thing yeah. on, on the stairs i mean i loved it but why well, they at got this point they were probably like why right? not right <laughs> actually my favorite ghost was probably the one like that was uh like driven over by a car or whatever because if you guys didn't notice it was like mr withers from uh wayne's world was it the one that owned no. the haunted amusement park? <laughs> oh, you know the one that came yeah. up was like number forty six, and then like slides. Yeah, down. Well, he's like <laughs> hanging because he's flat. Yeah, I don't know that's... about you, but I'm feeling a little flat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that oh, guy. My goodness. Yeah, let's talk about that. I thought that whole that whole scene, or not even the scene, but all of the like afterlife stuff. Once they went through the brick wall or whatever, uh, that was awesome. Like all the. Just the way yeah. that they showed all the dead people, all the and we've talked about practical effects a lot in this, um, but how everything was just mm-hmm. like obviously there's no CGI or anything. This is all costumes and makeup and effects and, and set design, yeah. and it was just it was brilliant. I thought all of the sets looked amazing, um, all that stuff. I, I thought was fantastic. Oh yeah, he's like, he's like I'm trying to quit. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, with uh, uh, lost it. Edit me out. I was gonna say something with the smoking guy, or just all the different characters that were in there. I think it was just interesting the way they died is a representation of how they who they were gonna be in there. So since those guys, I just thought it was weird. I'm like, so shouldn't the Maitlands just always be wet, like just like leaking because they drowned? And also, did you see them drown? Like. Their windows were open. They were telling the dog not to move. They, like, they waved their hands out the window and fell into like a three foot thing of water. I'm so confused on how they didn't survive. Yeah, I, back to their death. I thought uh, is, and that's a kind of a testament to this whole movie, right? They, that Burton treats scary things with an element of like humor or whimsy just the fact that they the the stupid dog was enough to balance the car and then it moves away and then it falls in (laughs) it's just a funny little touch to oh you're about to die and it's the dog's fault i thought that was incredible like did you i was notice the dog on there like because the board is waving up and down Mm -hmm. up and down up and down and like the dog's standing there i'm like that's a real dog (laughs) like i wasn't sitting there i was like kudos to that pup (laughs) I kind of like to all like dying as like, you know, like first day on the job. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, like you get your, you get like your, your employee handbook. <laughs> and why is the handbook available to the living? That's the weird part. But yeah. what, nothing makes sense. It's you're they're dead. It's what it no. is what it is. Oh, and the the, t- the when they're sleeping in they like wake up and Gina Davis is actually hovering. I thought that was a really funny little touch as well. Yeah. Since we up, ah, clip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, she was I like floating. And now you say that. And then uh, when she woke up, she fell. And it's, it's just, it's a funny little slapstick. I thought she just got pushed off the bed, but that's awesome. Dale. Dale. So we talked about favorite Burton films. Tipping point. Okay, so Casey, based on your questions for like the ending of the movie, so what do you think the sequel is going to be about? Oh man, I don't even know. I it, the only way that I think it would work is if it's just Beetlejuice in a new scenario. Like I don't think they can try to bring the Maitlands back in. I think it would have to just be, and it, actually, it would be really funny if it was. It started with him finally getting his number called because he had that super long number. It would be like yeah, the nine million, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like that the, would be a really funny. Still has star. a small head. Yeah, exactly. Right, where he finally gets called in, and like they talk to him, and like they actually they want to get rid of him, but they're like, "We actually need you to do something." Yeah, yeah. So I guess would he be the main character then? Because he's really not the main character in this. No, he's not. I th- I think he actually works best though, and like that, the you know like the, the limited amount of time that he's in the film. Cause like when he comes in, he's like really hot. He like kind of steals mm-hmm. a show, you know. He's the ghost of the most. I but. did pause when he first showed up, like big in the in the movie, and like where it's like, okay, he's here, he's ready to do some things. And it was like forty five minutes in. You're not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're right. He's only, yeah. He's only a bit part, but like, yeah, he crushes the parts he's on. Who is the antagonist of this film? Otho. Otho. Is he though? Whatever his name is. Yeah. Is it Otho? Is, is it yeah. the family? Is it? Uh... I mean, it's not really Beetlejuice. He's kind of like a secondary antagonist. I, I do, I do think it is Otho because when he first shows up, they're going through the house and he whips out the cans of spray paint. And I, was this a thing they did in the eighties? Because I'm like, all right, what you know, what's going, what is their plan here? And he just 
I think it's because everything is that... wallpaper, and so instead of painting over it, they knew they would have to pull it off anyways. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that's how they did it back in the day when you were re- renovating. If you were going to change wallpaper, you could just paint on it to indicate what you're changing. It must be. Yeah, he just he has that air of you know superiority but then you know they're always joking about how he can't change a tire mm-hmm. actually do anything so yeah it well and he almost gets the maitlands into second death and you know steals the book of the dead so i yeah i can buy that i can buy otho Mm-hmm. Chad, you mentioned it earlier too, and I thought it was interesting <clears throat> because uh, they, in one of the analyses that I was watching, said something almost identical mm-hmm. that you liked how it kind of flipped the haunted house trope on its head. And and one of the mm-hmm. comments they made that I thought was really funny it's that you know the ghosts aren't the ones doing the haunting; they're actually being haunted it's, by the living. But the yeah, yeah, which I think yeah. is just a, a hilarious way to do yeah. to do it, and I think that's why it works so well. Yeah. Good point. Well, isn't that so? What you're saying is that uh, what was it, 2000 or 1999 movie, The Others, was real like it was the reverse of Beetlejuice. Maybe I see that movie, or am I just talking? Wasn't the reverse of you're Beetlejuice just, just any old haunted house story? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all the rest. <laughs> oh, of them. yeah, that makes more sense. You're right. So sorry. The uh, the movie, The Others. Did anybody see that? The Others with uh, Nicole Kidman. I did. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a good movie. Well, I don't want to ruin a. A 1990 movie, but that was kind of the premise at the end was just like (laughs) that, like spoiler, these guys were dead and like the whole time, like they're thinking they're getting haunted, but in reality, it's the living trying to get the ghosts out of their house. Oh, funny. Mm. Simpsons did it. By that, I mean, done everything. Come on. I mean, that mostly is Beetlejuice did it. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say, I'm like, that should be one of our segments is like, did this happen on The Simpsons? Yeah, right. <laughs> like this movie? Shoot, they predicted, <laughs> right. uh, they predicted the new Civil War that's happening right now, right? right. I was going to say, did God. they predict oh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's just been like, that's like uh, like a meme it now. Is. Like people are just like throwing clips of this like random cutouts of like Simpsons characters and be like, oh, The Simpsons predicted they, it. Well, they predicted Trump's presidency too. They're just... It, yeah. Crazy crystal ball shit. Oh, we could Kevin and, uh, Bacon and... the Simpsons. <gasps> Weren't we doing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon as a segment? For this movie? That's easy. Alec Baldwin. Uh, it's like Much Ado About Nothing or something like that. Oh, so one degree. About about <laughs> last night. I did oh, it. There we go. We did it. James did it. I was going Simpsons, who was... Uh, nope, oh, we were doing Simpsons. Sorry. Nope, I I had it, then I lost it. I was mixing up Simpsons and Rugrats. Never mind. Which is a common mix-up. Wait. I know. I know. (laughs) No, because I was going to go, like, I was going to go Bart Simpson, but I was actually thinking of Pickles, who's uh, Pee-wee's girlfriend in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, directed by Tim Burton, who directed Beetlejuice. But that's actually Mm. wrong, so. You can just go Danny Elfman, composer. Boom, done. Um, And then... uh, She's having my baby, Alec Baldwin, Kevin Bacon, done. We won the Kevin Bacon game. We didn't, uh, we haven't talked yet about numbers, box office reviews and whatnot. Because I'm I'm just looking through the doc here and it's actually, what, $15 million budget, but making $74 million domestic. That's, that's pretty baller. That's awesome. 
I was just trying to think. I'm like, in order for Burton to grab this movie and then do it the way he wanted, like it had to been cheap. Well, it's all stop like, motion because, like, and, and hand hand model. Who was taking? And like, who was taking? I guess Pee Wee's Big Adventure probably did quite well because Pee Wee was huge when that came mm-hmm. out. So Pee-wee's like, Pay I have House. to assume that that did well for him. Uh, but just like getting the script and then what he wanted to do with it, they're like, sure, you can do whatever, but here's your budget. And he's like, done. And he probably did all the claymation stuff himself. <laughs> and then back, yeah, Pee Wee made thirty four million. Didn't crush it, but didn't go broke either uh what about the the home video vhs copies how much did that no i'm just kidding a ton (laughs) when you bring up the the claymation i think uh not to skew away from numbers already but that i think was one Mm -hmm. of my favorite parts of the movie and i think had they made this now and that's you know what that might be what bombs and tanks beetlejuice 2 is i think yeah i think if they if that was cgi (laughs) it would have been awful i think the fact that it was you know, claymation kind of stop motion um, added to kind of the, the element of what, what you enjoy with it. Yeah. Now you bring that up. It kind of takes me back to something I want to mention too. It's like, I kind of like how uh, Delia's character is (laughs) like this. She's kind of like the starving artist. Like she, she's so thinks her work is so important, but like everyone just kind of thinks it's garbage and the, um, yeah, what's this, the guy that comes and says that he's been like, he's been working with Delia for whatever, been His losing money on Delia, whatever. Or like, yeah, like her yeah, agent, agent or whatever. yeah, and uh, and then it like traps. I don't know. I just kind of love that all like. And objectively, they were and, bad. They were ugly. Yeah, yeah, and, and like when they're moving into like the the she's like that's <laughs> that's like a piece of art that's like art that I made. And she's like, put it on the table and just fucking chucks it. Throws it on there. (laughs) I laugh pretty good at that part. (laughs) And speaking of ugly too, the way that they, Oh my goodness. And I'm not an interior designer by any means, but the way they redid the house was just, I did not enjoy any of their, and I think clearly the, that was the whole point, but the whole way that they designed it with their whole, like, I don't even know what that type of style is, but it was just bad. Which I think was to add to the whole, you know, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis being really upset coming back and seeing their whole house just redone. But it was, they ruined a, a nice old farmhouse. Sounds like today. I yeah. like when they come in, they're like, they're making an offer for $260,000. Like, what? For Connecticut? Right. You know, or... It'd be like a million and a half dollar house. That's today. a gorgeous well, house. I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't know about the relationship then. Like, so because in, in the beginning, there that lady lives in town and the realtor or whatever is like, What are you doing sending pictures of my house to New York? You right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, and then, like, stalking them at 6 a.m. I'm just so confused by that whole relationship. No, there should be a family in this giant ass house. What do you care? We live on the hill. <laughs> must think, be like a religious thing. I think there's like a throwaway line, though, that she is family or something. The realtor. I think she meant that as they're really close. Time. Okay, but there is that line in yeah. there, though, right? Yeah, Casey, when, like there's. I think when she meets Lydia, she goes, "We're family," and then she's like, "If she ever need to help in, to decorate, and let me know." As they're like complaining about the decorations. Okay, so just uncomfortable realtor situation. I mean, you know, small town, you know, too close of a relationship. Yeah, True. everyone knows everybody too much. True, probably the only town, house in town up for sale, which is why she's trying to. 
time. In the biggest house in town, so everyone always talks about it. On the t- on the biggest hill in town, so everyone can see it right. from everywhere. See it all the time. <laughs> yeah, talking about reviews. So like Rotten Tomatoes, critic scores, eighty five percent, eighty two percent audience score. Um, IMDb average seven point five, and Metacritic was seventy. Um, is have you all this? Has everyone seen this movie before? Before watching it for this pod. Yep. 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 Is this um. What would you like rate this of like on a scale of one to five or your letterbox or overall feelings about this film? I'd give it a three now, I think. I think I enjoyed it more when I was younger, I guess. But I mean, it's fun for me. It's not the best, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. I, I I think I'd give it a four, maybe. I mean, I don't want to even stretch and say four and a half, but I think for what it is, uh, that's kind of why I brought it up. Uh, earlier in the pod was that I think it is, in my opinion, one of Burton's best. It's just uh, it catches me in all the right places. It, it flips horror on its head and, and especially not being a big horror fan um, to kind of have it be uh, those elements of horror and scary movies and death, but have it be kind of fun and silly at the same time. Um, and then to throw on top mm-hmm. of that, the fact that it isn't CGI, all the effects and the design in the sets were all like created for real i don't know i I think it's uh for what it is it's fantastic i think it holds up i i chuckled and enjoyed every minute of it um yeah i'd give it at least a four so i i gave it a four as well i was watching it um michael keaton's incredible just like completely unchained unleashed he's phenomenal i was the first half of the movie i was like oh yeah this is a five like i'm adding it to my favorite lists or my favorite films of all time lists on letterboxd and then, like I said before, the third act is just kind of a, a little too much of a jumble for me where some things don't make sense. And it it sticks the landing, but only on one foot, and it's a little wobbly. So it w- went from a solid five down to a four after the third act for me. Yeah, I was kind of tearing for like three and a half and four. Um, but yeah, Michael Keaton just kills it. That's, you know, like the favorite like that and like the music i just when this movie ends um i just just have like a really good feeling kind of makes me happy and yes james it makes me want to dance but yes (laughs) but yeah just like the different like it's just like that the music um it's not like uh it's not one of those movies where i could recommend where it's like a blow you away movie but it's got good comedy in it it's not like a lot of like laugh out loud stuff but um, there's a lot of good chuckles in it. Um, this kind of some like a lot of good one-liners and just some like really odd stuff that kind of oddly all fits together and just kind of and like the death and afterlife stuff and just the kind of plays on that and is is just kind of really funny and it's it was really fun to kind of go back and watch this. I guess I'm a huge fan of originality in the sense that it's not. <clears throat> Obviously, yeah. it was old enough where it wasn't a reboot of anything, but it, it wasn't bore from another series. It was it's a standalone um, one off movie that that tells its story, does it well, wraps it up, doesn't set itself up for a sequel. I don't know why they're talking about another one. I guess it kind of does with him in the waiting room. Um, but I don't think he did that with the intention of setting it up for a sequel, you know, and it almost yeah. feels like most movies nowadays unless, you know, they have some climax and, and ultimate res- resolution ending that 
that doesn't open itself up for a sequel feels like everyone's you know fishing for that second movie jamie i think i got something for you all right so otho was a voice in the cartoon show ah real monsters and the creator of that show created rugrats there there's your six degrees of rugrats oh, kevin Bacon. which character was he Bacon. though oh. <laughs> in ah, what? real monsters ah, real <clears throat> monsters uh guard monster i uh, no idea no idea, but actually, but Otho was the voice of the mayor in uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Jack! Where oh, are really? you? Oh, there it is. <laughs> I love the mayor. <laughs> Speaking of Tim Burton's uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, he really didn't have a whole lot of of uh, input on that film. Yeah, he wasn't. Well, he, he just was, created the characters and the, the storyline, didn't he? Yeah, but then it was all written by the guy that wrote Beetlejuice. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, one thing I didn't know until like, I think I, maybe it was this year. I, I figured I found that out. Um, The guy that voiced Jack Skellington and then the guy that sung Jack Skellington were two different dudes because the guy that sang all of Jack's parts was composer Danny, Danny Elfman. Elfman. Yeah. Which is like, I'm like, oh, like, because as I'm thinking of Jack talking and you know, Eureka and like and then singing, and I'm like, man, that's pretty spot on in my head. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's I not notice now. I didn't know that there was two difference because like they, I, the voice and the singing don't sound that far off. But no, not at all. So. That's the voice is a Fun. Chris Sarandon, old Humperdinck himself. Uh, oh, <laughs> Humperdinkle, Humperdinkle, Tinkle, Tinkle, Princess Bride. Uh, he's never seen Princess Bride. Oh, oh yes, there I have. Yes, I, I, I was, I was just waiting. <laughs> Fright I Night, still have Child's uh, Play. You know, pick your favorite. I have uh, an old Starlog magazine from 1988 that has uh, "They Live" story in it and a little little blurb about uh, Princess Bride. So, what is Starlog magazine? It's like an old like science fiction magazine. Like, I think on the cover is like Alien Nation. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Hmm. Alien Nation. <laughs> For some reason, your mm sounded so sad. Mm. No, I'm reading. Can I uh, just like uh, give it to Gene Siskel really quick? This is what made me sad. I was looking Aww. at the Rotten Tomatoes critic reviews, and this just kind of tells me that like anyone can be a movie critic. So Gene Siskel says, an overly ambitious special effects comedy obviously influenced by the success of Ghostbusters. Boo. I don't think any of that's true. Yeah, yikes. I, I mean, <clears throat> effects in the sense that they were practical special effects, I suppose. Yeah, but otherwise, I see no parallels to Ghostbusters. I don't no, know. I never Except once thought there's... Ghostbusters for any of this. No, there's except that there's ghosts in it. Yeah, well, right. sheet ghosts. <laughs> I, I did like actually speaking of the sheet ghosts, like when uh, one of the writers, like in her room, she's like, Come on, you guys, I'm a child, like, so, like having sex kind of thing in there. And yeah. then, like, as a kid, I never occurred to me, like, I'm like, Come on, you guys, and that's usually like, you know, be quiet, I'm trying to sleep. And then I'm watching this, I'm going, yeah, those groans are actually like. Then it was like they tried like moaning forcefully to make it sound like that. Like, I don't yeah, know, kind of, <laughs> I thought that part was kind of funny. Let's see here, 
Going through my notes. If I have anything else. Um, for Oscars, this one did win Oscar for makeup. I believe that might be the only one it was up for. This is the same year as uh, the last movie we did. Field or Roger Rabbit? Yeah, it was uh, 88 or 89 or whatever. Because the 88, yeah. 88, because the same, yeah, when I looked it up, it was still Rain Man. Yeah, Rain Man still won. Rain Man. <laughs> Best Rain picture. Man. Didn't change. <laughs> oh, have you guys uh, seen... Beetlejuice the musical? No. No, thank you. Is that a thing? Yeah. Looks awful. <laughs> I watched like uh, a couple of videos like I just like I need to get like some sort of like like taste of what this is, even though I'm generally not a fan of musicals and yeah, I look pretty bad. And like they, they interviewed the cast and is what you would expect like annoying theater people to sound like talking about their show, so <laughs> I, mean, I really said I was going to try to be more positive in 2021, but I see it's going well. You got to draw. Tune in next somewhere. week, theater people. Yeah, <laughs> well, there goes our there goes our th- theater people audience. Um, well, it's cool. They have time on their hands right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I was looking. I was looking back at some of our episodes, like when we did. Um, oh, what was it? like scent of a woman and even like the Christmas vacation one. I was like, ah, I was pretty harsh on these movies, like especially Christmas vacation, but <laughs> it's pretty harsh. Actually theater people. I would like to say that uh, these guys have been on the fence for musicals. I actually really enjoy musicals and plays. Oh, I'm a big musical guy. I'm 50, I mean, there, there, there are some, yeah, right. The problem so. is there, it's, there are very, there aren't very many that you can see without going to them that won't ruin it for you. I was actually watching uh, some YouTube stuff where they were dissecting the Les Miserables movie with Hugh Jackman and Les Miserables mm-hmm. is my hands down favorite musical. And Oh my goodness, did mm-hmm. that movie do it injustice. And for many, many reasons that, that this like video went into one of which uh, Hugh Jackman thought to really you get the, you know, I don't know if you know what the, musical is about but he's a prisoner in the beginning yeah um and to really get that feel of him being a rough and ragged prisoner he was like not eating or drinking water which if you know anything about singing you kind of need to drink water yeah and uh, the other side is they did all the music live in like during the filming they didn't sing in a studio so then he's like dehydrated physically acting trying to sing um, and he was awful and he's a really good singer and a, and a good stage performer and all that stuff. But oh my goodness, was yeah. that bad? That was okay, a terrible I... decision. Two, four, six, oh, one. Yeah. Come on. Uh, love me some Jean Valjean. I got, I got into a fight at a party once over that movie. I, because I was, <laughs> hold on everybody. <laughs> got to hear this. <laughs> it's, I okay. Probably, I got popcorn. Jamie, go. It's, I swear it's not cooler than that. It was, I was trying to say, different versions of what you said Casey like it's not that I don't like that story because I do it's not like I'm saying the musical is bad because it's probably not but that movie version of that musical was terrible bad you know for what you for what you laid out and Russell Crowe should not cannot sing terrible and yeah this was a personal thing I didn't like that it was about uh, Cosette and you know less about Valjean and Javert that kind of oh i mean that's the that's the whole the whole thing's about jean valjean i like at its 
is at its core. Um, but then it, uh, Cosette is obviously a big factor in it as well. That's just the musical, though. Yeah. But it seemed like, and maybe I was thinking more of the movie where it went more like uh, Javert and Valjean. But um, yeah, I was like, oh, that was a different turn I wasn't expecting. But long story short, it was, you know, the, the, the kind of party where it's not an actual fight. It's like a, you know, a fight about uh, musicals. <laughs> well, how do you guys the... feel about Cannibal the Musical? Oh my goodness, it's so good. It's one of my favorite dumb movies. It's so good. That was me and my buddy's favorite high school movie. We, to this day, will still quote it and talk about Spadoinkle. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say one last thing about Les Mis because I'll sit and talk about it forever if you if you let me. But uh, <laughs> if you want the actual Les Mis experience, there is a 50th anniversary. Uh, it's mostly an opera. It's not really the play, um, but it's they basically brought in the best actor or actress that's ever played this specific role and they did the whole show more as an opera less as a as a play um but it was the when i was in french class i had to take a semester of french in like junior high just the way that our schools were organized you took a little bit of everything before you decided your electives and so i had like you know two months of french class and we watched it in its entirety and uh, that's when i fell in love with it but that's uh, to this day the best rendition of it, if you want to listen to it, is the 50th anniversary special. And there's a, a film version where you can watch them singing it and everything. But if you want the full experience, that's what I would recommend listening to or watching. I had a friend while I was in high school, like every weekend we'd get together and, <clears throat> excuse me, get together and drink. And he'd always have to play the Les Mis uh, soundtrack. So I've heard that soundtracks so like i can't like sing it to you like right now but if i heard it start to play i could probably recite oh man it. i could sing the whole thing really let's sing it right it. now <laughs> but i haven't like i haven't like seen the the uh, i mean watching watching the performance also. isn't any different than listening to it it's just if you're not it's hard for me to actually listen to a musical and not watch it um like for the longest time i didn't i didn't listen to hamilton chris actually was obsessed with it and tried to get me into it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't yeah. without seeing it in action. I can't. Um, but for some reason, this opera yeah, performance could you. do it because you see the characters, <clears throat> you know, up on stage, they were in costume at least for the most part. Um, and mm -hmm. it's a, it, obviously it's an opera ish version of it, but uh, it was enough to get me into it. So if you haven't watched it, want to get into it in any capacity, skip Hugh Jackman, uh, skip Russell Crowe, Go watch Colm Wilkinson, the best Jean Valjean that's ever lived. Jean Valjean. All right, that's uh, Les Mis chat. Join us <laughs> next week when we talk about. <laughs> oh, I had I've I've found um, the movie taglines for this. I thought some of these were pretty funny slash dumb, but one is uh, in this house. If you see one ghost, you haven't seen them all because <laughs> there's two. He's guaranteed to put some life in your afterlife. That one I do remember. Like <laughs> <laughs> the, the last one I have the name and laughter from the hereafter. That one's actually pretty clever. Do they <laughs> do taglines yeah. like that still? And do I just not see them? It's funny. At, it's funny on IMDb because it's like some posters you 
Yeah, you don't see him as much, uh, probably because, I don't know, we're not watching, we're not going to the theater that often anymore, it feels like, not just even like this year, but right. um, if you go on IMDb, there is a tagline, like, so let's just pick here, like, let me just, I'll throw Tenet, just something I knew that came out recently. And on IMDb, they sure as heck will have a tagline, I guarantee it. Hold on, I'm scrolling down. Trivia quotes, tagline, time runs out. Give me another movie, name any movie. Um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Born on the 4th of July. That's, that's No, that's too old. There's definitely going to be a tagline there. Avengers Endgame. No. The, that one is clearly just going to be the end is here. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. No. We're in the uh, end game now. Here, X-Men Origins Wolverine. I got it. One second. Okay, tagline. Damn. <laughs> no, I don't see one on this one. Okay, so that didn't Blade, work. Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, tagline. The key to the future is finally unearthed. Hold on, before we keep going, I just need to say, uh, so out of our three fans that listen to this, if one of them is a theater nerd, it is the 10th anniversary, Les Mis, that I was referencing, not 50th, I'm a dum-dum. The 10th anniversary is the really good one. Thank you for that fact check. Also, I just did another fact check, and the X-Men Origins Wolverine tagline is, witness the origin. (laughs) That sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. (laughs) Born on the fourth. Oh no! What? What did? You, what was the other one you said? Not born on the fourth. Oh, Avengers Endgame. I wanted to see how right I am. Tagline is "Avenge the Fallen." I was wrong. Oh, super correction! Uh, the entire tenth anniversary Lamas concerts on YouTube. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, born on the 4th of July tagline, a story of innocence lost and courage found. See, early 90s had good tagline. I mean, that's a crappy tagline, but that would have sold me to go see a movie. Yeah. Yeah, the, the 80s movies have some pretty cheesy taglines. And trailers were really bad yes. back in the day, too, like pre-internet. If, if you've ever don't, it, I tried to like... I don't remember what movie it was. It was like a, a 90s movie that I really liked. And I was trying to get my wife like to watch Matrix it. even. Yeah. I, I was like, here, watch this trailer. And the trailer was terrible. And I was like, oh, this wouldn't make me want to watch it either. And I don't know that I convinced my wife to watch it with me. I still think trailers in general are pretty awful. Like I, that's one of the worst parts about like going to the theater for me. Cause it's always like, well, maybe it's <laughs> like, I was going to say, maybe it's the type of it movie like I like, rom-com. though. Well, yeah, it's maybe it's the movies I like, because specifically my favorite trailer ever, and maybe it's because I loved the movie and it, it fit in my you know emo high school time, um, but the trailer for Garden State, I was obsessed. I would, before the movie even came out, I watched the trailer on repeat because it like was perfect for me. Well, didn't... Didn't it have that main song in there, that Fru Fru yes. song was in the trailer? Yes. And so yep, there were some why. really good exactly trailers. Loved it. Um, but no, I, I agree, Chad. Some of them nowadays, especially, they give away half the movie. So most trailers yeah. are awful. But there, I think I maintain there was like a peak of perfect trailer, like very early internet days where 
there there are some really good ones that I will still ooh the the trailer for Cloud Atlas gives me goose goosebumps. That was an amazing trailer as well. But it had a really good uh mm. good song by shoot that French electronic band that I can't remember. Hmm. M83 amazing track and an amazing oh, trailer those guys uh so yeah if you're ever bored look up the garden state trailer you might not like it because it's a cheesy emo emotional movie that i liked um but the trailer for cloud atlas was just phenomenal probably better than the movie even actually yeah i feel like movies like like indie movies from like the early aughts i mean those always had kind of fun trailers but... maybe that's what it is All right. Thank you for downloading and listening to and getting this far. This episode of Movie Time Machine, where we talk about the film Beetlejuice and multiple other topics. Lots of. Just want to remind you that new ep- <laughs> new episodes <laughs> drop on Fridays. Please send your questions, comments, and feedback to moviemachinepod at gmail You can follow us on Twitter at moviemachinepod. I know who Thank won't be listening. following us on Twitter. Yep. Uh, John Barron. <laughs> yep. John, John Barron. Barron. <laughs> the French. <laughs> right? The the John Barron thing is that that was like his Trump would like call up like I don't know if it was like on news programs or like Fox News or whatever. Like as like that was like his alias, right? He would call in it's as so bad. Well and is Barron yeah. is his son, so it's like, come on, man. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Try a little harder. It's it's kind of like one of those things where like you look around and I'm like, uh, post-it note. <laughs> it's like the family so in, in uh, Me- tier. Mexican uh, <laughs> Mexican so that's Halloween. Likely, <laughs> that's the most likely SNL skit then this Saturday. Oh right? yeah, like it's gonna be Alec Baldwin, like maybe with a mustache or a beard, going, "No, no, it's not me. It's <laughs> yeah, it's Ted post-it note, <laughs> like whatever you're saying, like." I think that's gonna be the thing. Uh, all right. Thanks for carrying the show tonight, guys. I'm pretty out. Yeah, Casey. I can't tell if I like you better sober or drunk. I think I like you drunk. A little bit tipsy. Yeah, I'm a little louder. My wife uh, commented last pod. She's like, I heard you a lot more this time. And I was like, Oh, I had one too many beers that time. Then. <laughs> How late were you thought- playing uh, Fallen Order? Oh man, I mean, I think I cracked a beer halfway through the pod, and you can't go to bed right after a beer, so I had to play for maybe an hour or so. I'm gonna go hit the Witcher in a minute here when we're done.